All right, guys, welcome to today's episode of Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and on today's episode of the podcast, uh, we look at a couple of fun items, uh, starting with uh, Joe Lenardi's uh, bracket that he has put out on Twitter, uh, his one that I guess he's going to use as the NCAA tournament bracket. I know a lot of people uh, are having fun with that, uh, looking at the matchups, uh, the possibilities, and we'll do that as well. Uh, and also look ahead uh, at uh, John Rothstein's uh, way too early top 45 for next season uh several sec teams among the group there and i know it's just for fun so let's not get uh too excited about either one of these when it comes to the the joe lenardi's twitter bracket or john rothstein's uh, way too early top 45 because as we know um we're not exactly sure what the season's going to look like uh or what any of these teams are going to look like based on uh questions surrounding eligibility uh recruiting there are just so many different layers um so let's just uh remember that, that this is for entertainment purposes purposes um and i wouldn't get uh you know too angry at either for for putting out uh, a bracket or a way too early uh poll for next season but uh we will start with joe lenardi's twitter bracket uh he put that out and um you know i think just trying to again have some fun with this uh, we don't have an ncaa tournament uh we don't have any sports games on uh, but uh just you know let's have fun and that's what i think everyone's trying to do is be creative um, and so he put his his tweet he put a tweet out um, on Tuesday morning and basically used the hashtag uh, Twitter Tourney 2020. And uh, if you look at the bracket, so uh, we will run through it. We start with the Midwest, um, where it has a couple FCC teams are included. Is uh, Kentucky is the number two seed in the Midwest against number fifteen seed North Dakota State. Um, you know, we, we we mentioned I know Kentucky fans were all over Lenardi in terms of, of thinking that that he, when he came out and talked about them possibly dropping uh, several spots on the seed line based on what happened in the SEC tournament, um, there were a lot. A lot of Kentucky fans weren't happy with him, but uh, they're probably okay with him uh, in this uh, this Twitter bracket that he has released. Um, and so, uh, yes, Kentucky is a number two seed in St. Louis. Uh, and uh, if the Wildcats were able to get past that one, they would play number seven Providence or number 10 Arizona State. We'll talk about that specific matchup here in a bit and whether or not we can see Kentucky making a run uh, in this particular bracket. Also included in the Midwest, and what do you know? It's uh, two familiar teams here. Uh, Number five, Auburn, taking on number 12, Liberty, in Sacramento. Uh, We were laughing, you know, we had Rocco Miller on about, I know Auburn fans weren't thrilled with the possibility of going to Sacramento. I think right now anyone would love to to play uh, if we had normal circumstances. I think we'd all be fine with anyone playing uh, in any city in terms terms of uh, if we were still having a tournament, everything was as normal. I think we appreciate that a little bit more uh, given the circumstances right now. But uh, he does have Auburn as a number five seed against number 12 Liberty in Sacramento. The winner of that uh, would play uh, the winner of the 4-13 matchup between Wisconsin and North Texas. Um, So intriguing matchups there when you look at the Midwest and, of course, the possibility that we could see Auburn and Kentucky uh, meet up once again, potentially in an Elite Eight type of setting, uh, to go to the Final Four. Could that happen? Uh, We'll run through the bracket here in a bit and see uh, if that would be the most likely matchup there in the Midwest. Moving uh, down to the East, uh, it is Florida that is uh, the, the team in the SEC in the East part. Uh, that is number eight, Colorado, taking on number nine, 
Florida in Cleveland uh, with the winner to take on number one Dayton or the winner of the play-in game in the 16 matchup uh, between Boston University and Robert Morris. Now, you look at it, you know, Florida, we said, probably going to wind up being an eight or nine seed. We wouldn't, you know, we don't know how, how the SEC tournament could have impacted that. Uh, the Gators probably could have had a chance to, to maybe even jump a couple seed lines uh, if they would have made a big run in the SEC tournament. Uh, but uh, if you look at it overall, still, I think, you know, this is probably what was going to be a, a likely landing spot uh, for the Gators in terms of seed-wise. They were probably going to be in this game uh, in some form or fashion. But again, would be an intriguing second round matchup there uh, if the Gators uh, were to advance and uh, we'll look at them too uh, here in a bit. Uh, in the West, um, LSU, the fourth SEC team and yes, that is all of the SEC teams included in the bracket uh, as we said, you know, without the SEC tournament, um, teams like Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, um, they, they just would not have been into the field as it is now uh, without being able to pick up some of those wins in the SEC tournament. So no surprise uh, for only four teams to be included in Joe Lenardi's bracket. I think if you look at, at some of the others, uh, maybe doing their final bracketologies uh, wouldn't be shocking, you know, to maybe see Mississippi State in there, potentially Arkansas. Uh, but uh, the most likely, I think, for everyone at this point uh, is that, you know, it's going to to just be four teams that, that would have gotten in from the SEC. Uh, but LSU is in the West, and they are a number eight seed, uh, taking on number nine Oklahoma in Spokane. Uh, the winner of that one would play Gonzaga, uh, or the winner of the 16 play-in game, Prairie View A&M or North Carolina Central. So uh, another, you know, intriguing matchup there uh, in those eight, nine games. We mentioned it, you know, Florida and LSU, where the two teams we knew were probably going to, you know, wind up in that spot if if they weren't able uh, to to make a run in the SEC tournament and maybe get to the championship, um, you know, could have moved up to, to a seven maybe uh, for both of those teams, just depending on how the SEC tournament would have unfolded. But I know a lot of what ifs uh, in these scenarios, uh, unfortunately. But um, so yeah, LSU getting Oklahoma, um, and then again, you know, just just looking at all these other matchups, it's fun to think about. Obviously, we have no idea how these games. Uh, would play out or if this would be uh, the tournament bracket would these be the matchups I know we did see Auburn and Liberty uh, seemingly matched up in several different brackets I was looking at heading into the SEC tournament would have been a fun one um, just given the matchup and uh, we'll talk about that one here coming up as we uh, look at the path for each of these four SEC teams if we were using Joe Lenardi's Twitter bracket here uh, to to pick a winner in the in the NCAA tournament or pick which SEC team would have the chance to go the furthest. We'll look at some of these matchups, uh, maybe look at the path to a Sweet 16 and beyond for some of these teams, and uh, we'll do that coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. And let's look at the matchups for some of these uh, SEC teams we mentioned in Joe Lenardi's uh, NCAA tournament bracket. Um, you start with the Midwest, and uh, I tell you, there are some some pretty fun uh, matchups uh, in this one when you, you look at the possibilities and the teams uh, that could meet, uh, let's say, in a Sweet 16 type of setting. Uh, we mentioned that Auburn and Kentucky, both uh, in the Midwest region, uh, if you look at the top four overall seeds in this region, Kansas is number one, Kentucky number two, Duke is number three, and Wisconsin is number four. Um, we start with Kentucky's path. Uh, certainly, you feel like uh, if they can beat North Dakota State in the 215 game, they would play Providence or Arizona State. You would like Kentucky's chances against either one of those teams, I think. And then if they make it to the Sweet 16, that's where it gets interesting because 
While Duke is the three seed, they would play the number 14 Belmont. And as we all remember, uh, I think uh, oh many years ago now, uh, Belmont had an opportunity to knock off Duke, uh, came within a point of doing so in one of the, the better first-round games probably, uh, you know, probably in the past, I want to say 15 years or so in the NCAA tournament. A very good game that was. And so that would not be an easy matchup, uh, I feel like, for uh, the Blue Devils there uh, against the Bruins. And then in the 6-11, you've got I was the sixth seed. East Tennessee State is the number 11. Um, there's an intriguing game because, uh, as you know, we've talked about, uh, East Tennessee State is one of those teams that uh, could very well be a, a Cinderella type of team. They already won by double digits at LSU this season. Um, and so, you know, it's possible that, hey, a Belmont-East Tennessee State second-round matchup uh, in that part of the bracket not, you know, com- wouldn't be, I don't think, completely surprising based on uh, what those two teams are capable of. Uh, but, you know, if everything goes as you know, most people would think it would. Um, having a Kentucky Duke game in the Sweet 16 in Indianapolis, uh, that would be uh, quite a setting. Uh, but either way, you know, even if you had Kentucky against a, a Belmont or an East Tennessee State, uh, any of those I think w- would be pretty fun when you just think about uh, the matchup there. And then if you look up at Auburn's part of the bracket, that first round game against Liberty uh, would not be easy because uh, you know Richie McKay's team. Very, very good, and just the way they play, they're that pack line type of team, uh, as we know, and and Auburn well aware of after playing Virginia in the Final Four last season. Um, You know, that would be a a similar sort of style, obviously not the exact same teams, uh, Virginia and Liberty, but uh, Richie McKay, you know, coach for for Tony Bennett there uh, at Virginia, and and you know he he implements the same type of style, and so uh, that Liberty team, very experienced, that would not be a fun twelve, but. 5-12 matchup for Bruce Pearl squad. Uh, but, you know, if we say that Auburn is able to uh, advance past Liberty, I think you would probably like your matchup against either Wisconsin or North Texas. Then you're looking at the possibility of another game against Kansas in the NCAA tournament. We remember the one uh, that we saw last season between the two. Auburn was able to get the best of the Jayhawks. Uh, having a potential rematch in the Sweet 16 uh, would be a lot of fun there. And then, you know, the possibility of having a potential rematch between Auburn and Kentucky in the Elite Eight, just like we got last season. So uh, this is this Midwest bracket, if you look at it, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes. Um, it's a fun-looking part of the bracket. I mean, this is probably, if you look up and down, this is you know going to be a lot of people's favorite part of the bracket, you know, unless they're a fan of these other teams. But just the possibilities in this one, uh, pretty fun, uh, the Midwest is in Joe Lenardi's bracket. Uh, going to the East, where, uh, as we said, Florida is the number nine seed in the East would have to play Colorado. Um, not exactly, you know, an easy matchup, I think, for the Gators there. But if they were to advance uh, to the second round, having that game against Dayton, uh, against Anthony Grant, you know, a former Billy Donovan assistant in Florida, um, that would be the storyline. And we always say the NCAA is looking for storylines in terms of uh, those potential matchups along the way. And that would be a good one uh, when you think about Anthony Grant taking his number one seeded Dayton Flyers uh, up against uh, a Florida team that you know he, he played a big hand in in terms of the Gators' success when he was there under Billy Donovan. So that would be uh, a fun tidbit there to have those two matching up. Uh, you know, the, the path for Florida 
to to New York, I mean, again, you'd have to beat Colorado. You'd have to beat Dayton. Uh, beyond that, if we look at the top four overall seeds in this part of the bracket, Dayton is one, Florida State is two, Villanova is three, Maryland is four. Uh, pretty tough uh, in that part of the bracket, too, when you look at those top seeds. Uh, certainly the most intriguing matchup, if let's say Florida uh, weren't able to make a run to the Sweet 16, then potentially having a game against Maryland or Butler, um, you know, or Akron, Texas, Richmond, uh, those are the other possibilities. But, hey, a Florida-Florida State game in the Elite Eight, uh, that would feel uh, pretty fun as well uh, if the Gators uh, were to be able to make one of those runs as a number nine seed. But, uh, obviously, Florida with a tougher road uh, to make it to the Sweet 16 and beyond uh, than Auburn and Kentucky thus far. Uh, and then going over to the West, uh, where, again, LSU is the number eight seed taking on Oklahoma. Um, you know, the Tigers, I think, you know, the Oklahoma matchup, not necessarily a bad one for them. You know, we saw Mississippi State and Oklahoma play in the uh, the SEC Big 12 Challenge this year. That was a very good game. And, uh, you know, Lon Kruger, someone that it's hard to bet against Lon Kruger um, because he's just he's such a good coach. And uh, I think, you know, this would, would not be an easy matchup at all for the Tigers. Uh, but then, you know, if you advance, you have to probably play Gonzaga and and that's one where man the Zags are are so good on offense and we we talk about LSU's defense that would be a game where LSU would have to play its best defensive game of the season probably uh, to have a chance to advance to the Sweet 16 if they did the top four seeds in the West are Gonzaga um, the number two seed is San Diego State number three Seton Hall number four Oregon so it feels like there may be some more possibilities uh, in this part of the bracket but uh, you know we've seen just how good Gonzaga has been San Diego state um seton hall kind of a team that, that i think it struggled a little bit down the stretch um and then oregon so um it's a i think lsu's path if you look at all these different ones probably the toughest path to get to the sweet 16 of all these sec teams uh just based on uh, where they're at so if you look at it as a whole and by the way i know we haven't mentioned the south uh, baylor is the number one seed the south creighton is the number two Michigan State is three, and Louisville is number four. Um, but if you look at it overall, again, four SEC teams included. Um, just thinking about it in terms of a fun perspective, I think you're probably looking um, with, a, and, and this isn't much of a surprise, at Auburn or Kentucky being the teams that that would have the chance to advance the furthest, and again, potentially have a chance to actually play each other again, which could have been for the fourth time, uh, not knowing if they would have played in the SEC tournament. Um, so. That was probably the most intriguing storyline just when you look at Joe Lenardi's bracket. But look at the bracket for yourself and, uh, you know, figure out if you think that uh, your specific team, if you're a fan of one of these four SEC teams, would be able to make a run uh, maybe to the Sweet 16 and beyond. Uh, but again, it does look like Auburn and Kentucky uh, would have the best pass just because LSU and Florida in those eight, nine games, tough to get past the number one seeds as we know. Uh, but uh, still, hey, there are lots of possibilities for upset. And like we said, Liberty B. Beating Auburn, I think a lot of people, you know, we always make our our predictions um, when the bracket first comes out. I think you'd have a lot of people looking at that Liberty Auburn game and probably picking uh, Liberty as one of those five twelve upsets we always pick every season. But that would probably just looking at all the different first round games, uh, that'd be one of the most fascinating first round matchups of the tournament. But uh, there you go. There's uh, some fun with the NCAA tournament bracket uh, that Jordan already has. Uh, and again, check that out. Uh, let me know on Twitter. Well, how, how do you feel that this bracket sets up if you're a fan of one of these four SEC teams? Or if you're not, um, how, do you, how do you feel like the bracket sets up uh, for these teams in terms of uh, their potential uh, to make
make it to uh, a final a final four, uh, maybe an elite eight, um, whatever you think. So let me know on Twitter at uh, the Blake Level, and uh, we can have uh, you know some, some fun and entertainment uh, with Joe Lenardi's bracket there. But uh, coming up, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, John Rothstein has put out his way too early top forty five for next season, and yes, it is way too early to be doing that, not knowing the state uh, of recruiting and rosters and all that, but uh, we'll look at where SEC teams are at it coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. And if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that uh, Locked On SEC is a great way for your local business to reach passionate SEC fans just like you. Uh, unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, but not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. So if your company wants to connect with SEC fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, uh, so you can just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. Uh, We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising, and we look forward to hearing from you. And for the way too early top 45 from John Rothstein, um, he put that out on Twitter on Tuesday, and uh, you know, John is, is trying to keep himself occupied right now. I know this is his month. I feel for him. Uh, we always have fun with John's stuff on Twitter with, with his tweets uh, and all that, but hey, he's still got his uh, stuff show going on YouTube uh, and all that, so he's trying to, to keep the people entertained uh, here as we, we don't have an NCAA tournament right now, uh, but John uh, still uh, marching on, uh, I guess you could say, uh, and he did. He put out his uh, way too early look at the uh, his preseason top 45 for next season and um, there were several SEC teams included um, if you want the top five uh, he's got Gonzaga at number one uh, Villanova is at number two Baylor at number three Kansas at four and Florida State uh, at five as for the SEC teams uh, in the mix and again Let's uh, preface this by saying uh, that this literally uh, means absolutely nothing at this point. Uh, We're doing this, uh, again, for entertainment purposes. Uh, And I appreciate John putting the work into this because (laughs) this is not easy to do when you you look at the rosters and have no clue uh, what they're going to look like when it comes to who could – you know, go to the NBA draft. Um, recruiting wise, there are still some big recruits out there that have decisions to make. So many different layers um, in an unprecedented situation that I think it does make it pretty impossible. But uh, at least John went through and looked at all the rosters of these teams and uh, was able to form uh, a top 45 based on that uh, because I know that would be very hard, I think, for me to do um, just knowing, you know, that the landscape right now and not knowing exactly what some of these teams are going to look like heading into next season. But from the SEC uh, part of his list, um, Kentucky is the first team on there at number 10. Uh, As usual, the Wildcats will have some players go to the NBA draft. Um, Some will come back. Uh, We know they're going to have a a loaded recruiting class coming in. Um, But uh, overall, again, without knowing even what the NBA draft's going to look like, you know, what is that process going to look like for these guys who, who may consider, you know, going to, to the NBA and maybe, you know, declaring for the draft and all that? 
we have no clue at this point, and we don't know exactly how you know the NBA schedule is going to, to be affected even more than it has. Um, the same with college basketball. We don't know you know how the college basketball schedule could be affected by this uh, either. Um, so lots of unknowns, but uh, he does have Kentucky at number 10. Um, he has Tennessee at number 15, so they're the second SEC team on his list. Uh, when you consider what the Vols have coming back, you know, we talked about the seniors on Monday's episode of the podcast. They will lose Jordan Bowden, you know, already lost Lamonte Turner uh, for the injury for the majority of the season. But beyond that, I mean, you know, the Vols uh, seemingly without transfers, uh, and there's another layer, as we said, there's just so many to this, um, not knowing who's going to transfer either. But uh, if you assume that everybody's on the roster this year is going to come back, um, the Vols will bring back a lot of key players and uh, bring in a really, really good recruiting class um, that's going to be pretty loaded with talent. Um, and, you know, you add Jaden Springer to the mix uh, and other guys as well. It's just, I mean, that this Tennessee team, I think it is realistic to think that this is a, a preseason and you know top 15 top 20 type of team uh, that's not I don't think reaching too far uh, in terms of what the balls could be capable of next season they're going to be really good uh, when you just look at the roster uh, the next team he has on the list is Florida at number 27 um, the Gators uh, another one of those teams where you don't really know how the NBA draft is going to affect them you assume there are going to be some guys that are going to go through the process. Uh, you know, Scotty Lewis, I think uh, Keontae Johnson are the two that, that Rothstein has mentioned um, on his list. Uh, and then, you know, who do you bring back? Uh, I think there there are lots of, of things probably for Florida's roster that, that we don't really know. Um, they're going to bring in some, some new guys as well. They had, to, you know, a couple guys sitting out as transfers uh, this past season. So um, hard to know. I know that's the, the same thing we keep saying. But uh, if Florida brings back, you know, it's, it's key nucleus. Uh, let's say Andrew Nembhard, Noah Locke, Keontae Johnson all came back. You still think the Gators uh, are probably, you know, without question, an NCAA tournament team uh, going into next season uh, the next on his list is LSU at number 31 um, you look at, at what LSU could have I mean again going to be a team where you're going to have these guys go through the draft process uh, Trendon Watford um, you know Emmett Williams Shavante Smart those are the ones that, that he has listed um, you know you, but you do lose Skylar Mays and you know Marlon Taylor guys who we said uh, play key, key roles uh, for this LSU team the past couple seasons, um, and just it could be one of those where you know LSU is going to bring in talent, but uh, how do you replace the talent that you lose? And uh, they're going to be another one that's probably going to to be you know affected by the NBA draft and not knowing exactly um, who who are going to be the guys that leave for the NBA, maybe choose to to play you know in the G League even if they're not drafted. Um, do they go overseas? That there's so many questions. Um, but when you have this much talent, that's that's what we're used to now in college basketball where you're just going to have a lot of guys go through this draft process probably and and at least see you know what what their stock is and and again how the draft process is affected uh in terms of you know is it going to be something where most of these teams if if the nba does hold the draft as is you know is it just where they're looking at your tape and that's all they have to go on based on the fact that you know having a combine and all that could be completely out of the question um that that adds so many more you know aspects to this and that's why i think it makes it hard you know before i think we've kind of known what the draft process is going to look like in terms of okay we feel like that guy's going to come back or that guy's going to go you know, in a situation like this that's so unique, I think it's hard to make that that declaration and say that, that we can feel confident one way or the other on anyone, maybe, uh, just based on, you know, knowing that, that the process is probably going to be a whole lot different uh, than it's ever been before. So uh, not really sure, but for LSU, 
at number 31. And then he has South Carolina uh, at number 41. The Gamecocks do lose Mike Kosar, as we said, a very valuable piece uh, of the rotation uh, over the years there. But uh, another team that that's a pretty young team and, you know, we're able to turn it around after that slow start in non-conference play this season. But a young team and Frank Martin's ability to bring back, you know, the bulk of those guys can be very important because if they can bring back their nucleus, um, this South Carolina team, yeah, they are going to be a team, I think, that, that has an opportunity uh, to make it to the NCAA tournament. They're going to be right there again, um, you know, if you do bring guys back. And, and I think A.J. Lawson, you know, someone – uh, who we looked at last year went through the NBA draft process. Uh, could it be the same again in terms of um, what's his what's his potential at the NBA level? I think there's no doubt that he could eventually be an NBA player. Um, is it going to be this season uh, with all the these unknowns and the circumstances surrounding uh, where things are at right now? Hard to know, and I think that that's another thing. So it just it adds you know the unpredictability in terms of, of not knowing really uh, what any of these teams are going to look like uh, going into to next season. But uh, that those are the only SEC teams he has uh, in his way to early top 45 and I think the ones that immediately stand out to me um, that are not in there and I think you, there I know there are a lot of teams are gonna look at this and say well why are we not in there uh, but the two that really stood out for me I think uh, are Arkansas and Auburn um, you know Eric Musselman already recruiting very well and I think you know for for Arkansas that's a team too you know they did bring in some transfers as we said guys like, like Jimmy Witt Jane Tosilla um, and all of that but you know you also lose Adriel Bailey but you know if they can bring back their nucleus I mean we know with with all the different guys and I think Mason Jones another guy you know not knowing exactly what he's going to do um, and Isaiah Joe you know the same way and so uh, but but if Arkansas you know can, can bring back some of these guys and we know Muss is recruiting well and his ability uh, to bring some of these guys in um, that could I think put Arkansas right there in that mix and then with Auburn uh, we, we've everybody you know has continued to to look at the Jalen Green situation uh, if Auburn adds Jalen Green to the mix uh, you know they do lose a lot of seniors and I think that's why with Auburn uh, maybe you look at it and are saying okay well you can you can maybe understand why at least right now maybe he doesn't put them on there just because it, it Auburn really is maybe of all these teams um, and you have no idea kind of what Auburn's roster is going to look like from top to bottom just because you're, you're having to replace all those seniors and Isaac Okoro, um, who right now, as we've, we've said so many times, projected as a top five pick in the draft by an ESPN's uh, newest uh, mock draft, which that was uh, several weeks ago now. But, um, you know, still, you're going to lose uh, a lot of players. And I think that's why, you know, can, you know, just enough of these guys be able to make up for it? You know, even if, if they do get Jalen Green, you know, that's that's a big one. Um, and you combine it with, with everybody else they're bringing in with Sharif Cooper as well. And, and you know, the, the Tigers are going to be very talented and they're going to have, you know, two, two of the better freshmen in the entire country. But beyond that, you know, it does. It makes it, it hard to know. And, um, you know, I think even, you know, a team like Alabama probably too because, uh, you know, Kyra Lewis, uh, John Petty, uh, guys like that, you know, what's their NBA situation? And, and I think you throw Alabama probably in the same exact group just because uh, we don't know. And I know we keep going back to that, but, like, you know, let's say those guys come back. If those guys come back, uh, NATO's recruiting well, uh, the guys they're bringing in, um, you could put Alabama in there. And I think, you know, Alabama could be a team transfer-wise. Uh, we heard NATO's talk about it at the end of the season. You know, it's probably going to be a situation where there could be some moves on the roster and who they bring in um, and who they're able to keep. I think that could be the biggest thing uh, with Alabama, you know, based on what the projections are for guys like like Kyra Lewis and John Petty right now and looking at some of these NBA mock drafts. So, so that's where SEC teams stand 
And John Rothstein's way too early top 45 again. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's something that I don't think people should uh, go too crazy over because uh, it's just John looking at rosters, uh, looking at them where they stand now and without knowing how transfers, uh, the NBA draft, uh, everything, how those are going to play into all of these rosters. Um, there's just there's no way of knowing right now. But uh, that's his uh, shot at it, and uh, I'm sure everyone will have different opinions, but uh, it at least gives us something uh, to think about as we, we do start looking ahead uh, to next season in college basketball. But uh, that'll wrap up uh, this episode of Locked on SEC Podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Head over to any podcast app you use. Just search for Locked on SEC. And, uh, again, if you enjoy the show, leave a nice five-star rating or review. That just helps the show uh, reach more people. Uh, for everything else, you can follow me on Twitter at the Blake Level. And, and as we continue to say, uh, if you're excited for the upcoming NFL draft, and I know that's another draft that's going to look a little bit different in terms of how the NFL approaches it, uh, and you're wanting more draft coverage, uh, just tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Draft Dudes uh, for great uh, NFL draft coverage. But uh, thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>